Hello, you are listening to the All Girls School podcast. I'm your host, Victoria Barrett, a graduate from an all-women's college in Virginia. This podcast aims to highlight the diverse experiences and life journeys of graduates from all women's colleges. Listeners can expect to hear candid conversations about a wide variety of topics. This podcast strives to be in an inclusive space, so some guests may identify themselves as non-binary or trans. I hope you're ready because class is about to start. All right. Hello, my name is Victoria Barrett. I'm the host of the All Girls School podcast. Uh, Welcome back to another episode. I'm really excited. We've already persevered through some technological challenges today, Um, but I have um, my guest for this week. Her name is Alessandra Gonzalez Rivera. Um, She was part of the class after me. Um, and I'm just really excited to have you here. Thank you for joining. And do you mind sharing your pronouns with us? Yeah. So she and her. Awesome. Um, and can you share what your class is as well? I know it, but I'm trying to like do better. (laughs) I'm trying to do better at like introducing. 2014, no class of 2014. So it's about to hit 10 years this year. (laughs) 10 years. That was me last year. I get it. (laughs) The 10 year mark ooh, makes you feel a certain way. That's for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, so kind of the way I like to start these interviews, and I know you said you've listened to, to some, um, is to kind of have you like take us back before college. Like, what were you like? Where did you grow up? What were your goals before going to college? Yeah, so honestly, I was something else before college. I was a bit of a troublemaker. Uh, If you ever see my mom, she'll just tell you all these horror stories and everything (laughs) terrible I put her through. Um, I was good at school, though. So, uh, but before I was born in Hawaii, but my, I was kind of raised all around the South. So Tennessee, Kentucky, Texas, all over Texas. Um, but I was a bit of a handful because I was the youngest of five. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I was just kind of everywhere. And I went to three high schools. So it was always Mm -hmm. kind of different moving from one to the next. And before I went to Mary Baldwin, uh, I had only been at that high school for a year and it was just my senior year. Um, Mm -hmm. So I was kind of just doing my own thing. I didn't really have interests because I was busy getting in trouble. So that was kind of my priority at that time. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's such a like different time and I've like been teaching middle school. So like I totally understand that it's like, you know, you are going through school. You don't really know what you want. And, you know, that's the time to like get into a little bit of trouble if I'm honest. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm lucky I got it out of my system. I will will say that. I kind of look back at it. I don't regret getting in trouble as much because I'm very grateful that I got in trouble and I learned a lot then. Uh, And when I transitioned to college, I won't lie, my freshman year, it was still, I was still getting into a little bit of trouble, but it wasn't as bad. (laughs) Yeah. So um, that being said, you said your last year in high school was like, the only year that you were there. How did you discover Mary Baldwin? So I actually wanted to go to Annapolis Mm -hmm. um, and I had every intention of joining the Navy. Um, But I 
at the same time, I didn't want to join the military. I was at a very weird part. Uh, but again, I was very good at school. So I applied to honestly every college that sent me a letter. I just applied. Um, and my heart was set on Annapolis. But funny story, my the day of my prom or the night of my prom, I decided I didn't want to go to Annapolis anymore because I was sentimental. <laughs> Um, and I told my dad, I don't want to do this anymore. And he was like, well, where are you going to go? And we got in a big fight and I literally picked up a letter. I didn't see where it was to, <laughs> and I was like, I'm going here. And I just gave it to him. And I, I never, I actually never Googled Mary Baldwin. I had never seen pictures of it really. Um, I didn't know it was an all girls school. Uh, it was, <laughs> it was quite a surprise. I, when my dad, he was like, okay, this is what you want. I'll take you there. Um, and we flew into New York. And so I thought the school was in New York. And I was like, oh, I'm going to New York. That's pretty cool. <laughs> You're like, wow. <laughs> and we saw my family uh, and we started driving more south. And I was like, where are we actually going? <laughs> <laughs> And we pulled up to Stanton and I was like, oh, this is not anywhere near New York. And uh, okay, I guess I'm doing this then. But I had, I didn't even know, honestly, I just kind of went with it. I, my main goal at that time was to get out of Texas. Um, and so I only applied to other states. Mm -hmm. um, I did apply to two schools in Texas, but I knew I didn't want to stay in Texas uh, I knew I wanted to be out of state just to get away from that kind of area because, again, I was getting in trouble all the time. Um, and so I just went with it. Yeah. Hard to get in trouble in Stanton, Virginia. Very <laughs> tricky. Not impossible. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, uh, bet. <laughs> oh, uh, just ask a few of my sister knows. <laughs> I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. So... Once you got to Mary Baldwin and you were there and you were in VWIL, what was that experience like for you, especially like since you originally were thinking Navy, um, how did things change once you were actually at Mary Baldwin? So when I first got there, I, I wasn't really sure how I fit into everything to be truthful. Um, I still kind of had my terrible streak going on for me. <laughs> Um, and I, I was a little, obviously I was very surprised that it was a very small school. I was expecting maybe something a little bit bigger. Um, and so I just really dove into academics and I knew what I wanted my major to be. And that's kind of where I put all my focus. Uh, I knew that I couldn't be in the Navy as soon as I got into Mary Baldwin and I went to VWIL and, you know, they saw my hand tattoos and they were like, no, you can't be here. Um, and I was piercings and gauges and I was everything else. Uh, and so I kind of went into the army cause they were like, well, the army will take yeah. you. <laughs> and I honestly, I was just, and I was just like, you know, I'm, I'm just going to see how this flows and kind of go with it. My first year I had very high grades, but I was struggling a bit on the social at, uh, I wouldn't say I was struggling in the social aspect, but I was still very much wanting a more, a bigger university and kind of that more city feel, I guess. Yeah. 
Um, and so I was questioning about transferring. And so I was going to transfer um, potentially over to Louisiana. Uh, but I, you know, during that the freshman year, um, especially with VWIL, I got very, very close with my sister Knowles. Yeah. Very close, probably because we were always in trouble. <laughs> but I got very close with them. And so I decided to kind of give it another year and see if I still didn't like it. And then I could switch out halfway through. But I was also paying my way through college, you know, working. Freshman year, I worked at the pub. And then I was a TA for a lot of classes. So I was also thinking about that financial aspect of how am I going to get my stuff from point A to point B. Um, and honestly, that's kind of where the army came in. And I was like, well, if I enlist, they can pay for it all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, that that's the best part about like army ROTC is just like the opportunities to have college paid for in one, one way, shape or form. Like there's many avenues, um, and, you know, I'm very grateful for that opportunity too. Like it, it makes a huge difference not having to worry as much about like how you're going to pay for, for school. Cause I mean, Mary Baldwin ain't cheap. Oh no. As an out of state, it was expensive. <laughs> it's, uh, it's pricey. Um, so yeah, you mentioned that, uh, your sister Noel class was very tight I remember the other day you were telling me it was because y'all were always on confinement. And I'm like, huh, why were y'all always on confinement? <laughs> like, I'm like, dang, were y'all that bad? Like, yeah. I feel like y'all we matured were, really well. We were on confinement all the time. <laughs> and what the, you know, the worst thing is, is like out of all the, because we would get in shenanigans as sister moles. So yeah. don't do this. I'm going to put an asterisk. Do not do, but there was that one time we were going to take a, a mass APFT um, and PT test on the track. And so me and my sister girls had the bright idea, let's go ice the track. Because if there's ice on the track, we can't take it. And we wore our VLO gear like nobody's going to know. <laughs> <laughs> and we did it. And I don't, you know, we never got on confinement for that. And PT test was canceled. Thank God. Um, but we just, I don't know why we always got on confinement, but we did. We were just always in trouble. And that kind of brought us a little bit closer and kind of forcing us to, you got you to move along with the people who are there because they're all you have and they're all you can see at this point. Yeah. I was also thinking about COVID. I was like, wow, that was like practice for COVID yeah. if you think about it in a way, except you know, in COVID, you're stuck with whoever's in your house. Whereas at Baldwin, at least you have all of your sister Knowles. <laughs> that... Yeah, we, but like getting sick at the same time was definitely crazy. Because yeah. all of us would just, it was the worst. It was the worst. And as far as why you might have been on confinement, I feel like that is like a senior thing. Like, I feel like that might be your Calyx class fault. Like, I feel like they have a lot of sway. <laughs> So, I don't know if like, we ever blame them though. I, I don't think, know. But looking, I think we probably blamed your class. Like you probably, guys were the uh, Yeah, because we were the sophomores. Yeah. I, I would assume, yeah. Like if you're gonna blame anyone, blame us. Like we're the easy target. Yeah, I I'm pretty sure we did blame your class, but I 
and for the life of me, like, I just can't remember why, like, but I, I do know we were on it for a very long time though. <laughs> hey, but uh, you know, it made, it made your class like incredibly tight. Cause uh, I know you were saying like, there are a lot of ways that you still stay in touch. Can you kind of like share how, how y'all like maintain that bond 10 years later? Well, so I, I think it kind of starts with like, we still have our Facebook page that we created when we were Knowles and we're still very active on it. Um, I think Paz has the main contributions on that page. <laughs> but we do try to update each other on like the biggest things that happen in our life. You know, a lot of us are moms now. Um, some of us have started their own businesses and you know, we're everywhere. And so we still share kind of the big things that we're doing in our life on that page. Um, and then we try to do trips as much as possible. We did a, a huge New Orleans trip as Sister Knowles, which was Ooh. a lot of fun. Um, and it was definitely like we were back at college. <laughs> I was going to say New Orleans sounds like a good place to get into some trouble. <laughs> it, was, it was a lot of fun. We tried to do as many activities as we could, but there was I think one thing with my class is like, we don't judge each other for not being able to do something. So like, if you can't do it, like we all understand there's a lot going on um, and it's not always possible. And then we did like last new year's, we did a breakfast and coffee with everyone who was kind of in this area in Virginia. Um, and then like Sikorsky and I, we did a Peloton class last week wow. together. Um, <laughs> And then we do, we have a sister and old book club. So like, we understand that we've all kind of grown and our interests aren't necessarily the same, but we're all on different pages. And so we try to meet at least once a month um, if, if we can, and we open it. And, and that, I think that's one thing I love about my class is like, it's not just the sister Knowles who graduated with us. Cause a lot of them haven't. Um, or they didn't graduate with us. They didn't finish their VWIL kind of time, uh, but we still consider them as sister roles. And so they're still on our page. They're in our book club. We still invite them. Like it, we're still very much sister roles, regardless if they graduated with us or not. And I think that's kind of understanding that kind of kept us together a little bit more. Yeah. I think that's a good mindset to have too, because our class was by the time we graduated, we were very tiny. So like, yeah. uh, we have a lot of sister Knowles that like may not have completed the program, but like, I still call a sister Knoll because they are like, at the end of the day, we all struggled through that together. You know, yeah, that first year was the toughest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It gets you. Oh, speaking of 10 years and the fact that y'all get together all the time, are, do y'all have plans to like attend the re reunion? That was a big discussion on our sister Noel page the last two weeks, by the way. <laughs> uh, Paz actually brought it up, uh, but, it, you know, there's the V-Will reunion and then there's the Mary Baldwin reunion. Yeah. And we were all kind of talking about, okay, which one are we going to? If we're going to commit to one, which one are we committing to? Yeah. I think most of us are committing to probably the Mary Baldwin one. Uh, just because the Vuel one is one, it's on FTX, and I yeah. am not there. Um, yeah. But a lot of us have a lot going on at that time, so the Mary Baldwin one kind of opens us up a little bit more and gives us more time to plan. So, but that that is still an ongoing discussion in our sister Noel page. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. If I could have gone last year, I would have, but I was still in Colorado, and I was at um, 
I was at uh, my annual training, so I couldn't go. But I would have gone if I could have. Um, I am going to the VWIL-oriented uh, like reunion, but I can't oh. go to everything. So I'm excited for that. I think it'll be fun. Like it's in April, so I'll be I'll be mm -hmm. out with all the cadets, so I won't get a chance to actually go there. But I know a lot of people are planning on going. Oh, very cool. Yeah, you'll be out playing army. <laughs> yep. <laughs> all right. Since graduating, what have some of your experiences been? I've kind of been a little bit of everywhere. So I ended up commissioning field artillery, and I've had I've been very fortunate that I've kind of experienced a lot of bits of field artillery. Um, my first duty station was Fort Liberty. And I was extremely grateful that I was actually stationed there with Be Becca Mayberry. Um, she she was originally VWOL, but she didn't stay with the class. Um, and she was there and her wife and I ended up having our sons together, really That's just so like funny. a few days or a week apart. Um, and so I had kind of that going for me. And then I went to Oklahoma to Fort Sill and I had my sister in law Greiser there with me and I got to, she was in Dallas, but I got to see her every time I went to go visit my parents. Um, and then from there I went to Hawaii and I actually, I was with, uh, Clausy. So she was there when I was there, we got together all the time and Fortunately, a bunch of my sisters are in the Navy, so I got to see Tina and Sikorsky constantly every time they like came. I got to see a few of your sisters when they came. Um, it was I've been very fortunate with that, and I kind of learned a lot from all the duty stations. But I've had so many jobs uh, that they've all given me something very something to take with me as I go along and kind of learn from that. How do you like field artillery itself as a, as a branch? I love it. So I, I love artillery. Uh, when I actually get to practice it, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, as an officer, there's all the staff work that goes with it. So it's, it's not always fun in games, uh, but I'm, I would like to think I'm actually a pretty good staff officer uh, but I do enjoy going to the field. So I think that I got kind of lucky being assigned a branch that's very good with my personality. <laughs> um, and I like I got lucky with that because some people hate their branch. Uh, mm -hmm. But I, I definitely love it. I love it when I can practice it. Yeah, I would say field artillery as a logistician is one of the tough ones because there's a lot of like ammo i just keep thinking of all the like different dotics that for all the ammo and stuff and i'm like yeah field artillery as a like from a logistician point of view i'm like man you're not the only one who said that every logistician yeah. i come in contact with they're like god you guys have so much going on like, i know oh god we got plans. so many rules <laughs> so many rules for ammo oh my goodness yeah and how much it weighs and yeah, I think in Hawaii, it was definitely a challenge because we didn't have as much land to actually work with. Because yeah. uh, in in Fort Liberty, I was high Mars, So we, you know, we had the big pods, mm -hmm. but we had a lot of land there in North Carolina. Yeah. And in Hawaii, it's like, you got this little spot and this is the only place you can have your ammo. And I know the logisticians were just going crazy with that. Yeah, yeah. It's always a, 
it's always a challenge being a being a logistician but I mean I feel like yeah it would be fun like the actual like craft behind the field artillery and like getting to do it seems like it would be a lot of fun um as long as you have ear pro yes I'm <laughs> I'm partially deaf in one ear so <laughs> So now you're at VMI as an instructor. How did that kind of like fall into place? So, you know, I got put here, but the army started something different, right? So they started, you had an interview for these new jobs. Um, and at the time I was a battery commander in Hawaii uh, and VMI, you can see where people kind of rank you and VMI had ranked me pretty high and I had never done an interview with them. Uh, and then, you know, I, I ended up setting an interview close to my time kind of ending where the board was ending and movements and stuff. And I knew I wanted to come back to Virginia. Uh, and so I was pretty much interviewing for every single job in Virginia uh, because I did love it. And I grew to love kind of the small town feel of Stanton and I love Stanton. Um, and so I wanted to come back. I was originally skeptical about coming back to VMI because yeah. while, you know, I enjoyed my experiences, not all of them were the best, um, but I didn't know kind of what my role would be coming in. Mm -hmm. uh, but when I interviewed, you know, it was just like any other interview um, and I ended up getting the job. So uh, I, I ended up coming back full circle. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's really cool. Like, cause I mean, you know, when we were in VWIL, like we, all of our instructors, you know, were men. Yeah. And so I bring that up and a lot of people like, is really? And I'm like, yeah, like there were, there was, there were no females like yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah. There were like, yeah, we had no female instructors and like, I can only imagine being in VWIL now, like having like a VWIL alum as my instructor, that just has to be like such a good feeling to have like that example to look up to be like, hey, like this is what's possible through this program. So that's gotta be exciting for them. But I guess, how does it feel for you um, instructing at VMI? I honestly, I thought that I would have kind of a hard time coming back to this environment. Well, I knew it was going to be a rough transition coming from a commander's position into an instructor's role, you know, as a student and as a cadet, you didn't really realize how busy instructors were and everything that kind of came with that job. And it's a lot, it's a lot more than I ever thought. <laughs> and it's not, I'm not saying that it's like, a hard job. It's nice to come back at the end of the day and I'm not working mm -hmm. until like 20 hundred. Mm -hmm. um, but there's a lot of like little office things and logistical things that you have to take care of that I never knew that our instructors had to do. Um, but I thought my, my hardest transition was going to be relating to my VMI cadets mm -hmm. because I remember the tension between VMI and VWIL. And so I was like, well, they're going to hate me. And, you know, there's maybe there's going to be that tension there. And I, I honestly feel like that it wasn't there. Um, I feel like most of the tension actually came from the VWIL cadets. 
And I, you know, that was kind of what took me off guard was I felt like I would be able to relate to them more, but I find myself closer to my VMI cadets and probably because I see them more every day because I thought it was going to be to transition like, you know, from here, Lexington and commute to Mary Baldwin, but it doesn't work the same way now that it did Mm -hmm. we were in school because our instructors came to us. It's not the same way now. Mm -hmm. So all the cadets from MS1 to MS4 year have to come to VMI. Whereas as a VWO cadet, I remember our MS1, MS3 instructors, they mostly came to us and it's not like that anymore. And I think that's probably where that took me off guard the most and was the biggest adjustment for me is not being able to actually go to Mary Baldwin as much as I wanted to, because it is a 40, 40 minute drive and there's a lot more things I have to do and I have a son now. And so I can't just like not be there to pick him up from school um, and so that was kind of the most surprising thing in this job. Yeah. Me and Jenna were kind of talking about like the tension between uh, VWill and VMI. And I think part of it is just like we had like a mindset going in there, like we needed to prove ourselves. So I think that is like a potential cause of tension. But I also hope like hopefully maybe that mindset has changed a little bit on like both sides. I don't know. Um, It has been 10 years. So I'm like, uh, I mean, it could change. And a lot of things have changed at least in the K through 12 environment. So I'm like, not sure what, you know, a Gen Z student looks like at VMI or VWill right now. Oh, it's different. (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely different. I'm excited to hear like how is it you know it's funny because they'll say things and I'm just like I don't I don't understand that like there there are certain things where I just you know I'm very empathetic but there's certain things where I'm like I I don't get what why like why would you do that but yeah to each their own I think the tension is still there just a little bit but I don't think it was as it's I will say it is not as intense as it was when we were kind of going through the core. But I would say that even then, some of the guys that I graduated with who were VMI cadets 2014, I still talk to them now. Mm -hmm. Um, And I even, I was a commander with a VMI grad 2013. And, you know, he and I were just like, but has, but we worked very well together because we understood one each like each other. Um, and so I think that is kind of still there, but we also don't have as many, uh, sister school cadets as we used mm. to have. So that goes for SVU and WNL and Mary Baldwin. I think we honestly have more WNL cadets than we do Mary Baldwin. Yeah. I, when I talked to Colonel Patrick, uh, you know, earlier, it, the numbers for Mary Baldwin are low. They're very low. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, every school is kind of hitting that and being Mm -hmm. so close, you know, VMI is very lucky that it has three sister schools. It can like pool cadets from, Mm -hmm. um, but everyone's suffering. Like, yeah, every single school has very low enrollment and, and it kind of shows when we look Mm -hmm. at our classes. And I think kind of the 2026 was hit. It was like that butt end of COVID 
that kind of class, mm -hmm. they got hit really bad. And so they're very, very small. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, what a lot of people probably don't realize the only reason I know this is because I, of my master's program in higher ed is that in the next, uh, in at the end of 2025 is like an enrollment cliff because, uh, right around the time I started college. So 2008, 2009 was when, well, both of us started around that time was when like the recession was kind of like in full yeah. swing. And so people just stopped like having more kids, like, it, so the birth rates, you know, went down pretty significantly. So the number of like, um, you know, 18 year olds that are going to be entering college is going to dramatically drop like by 2025. So there are going to be a lot of schools that are already struggling, um, that are going to struggle more. And yeah, it's, so a lot of schools are going to really have to like kind of step up how they recruit. They're really going to have to like be creative with their initiatives and then military in general, just like trying to get students interested in that route, like recruiting, like DOD wide is, is down. Like it's, it's hard. A, yeah. yeah. It's and tough. It, it, and it, you know, we, I had this discussion with a few of my peers who are instructors as well. And we were kind of looking at it as like, man, this, we're not only instructors. And when I say we have a lot of duties, recruitment is one of them, right? Like you gotta, you gotta recruit these people. And we're kind of in that position where we are very lucky, where we have a population who is probably interested, mm -hmm. um, but kind of, you know, recruitment numbers are driven by what financial aid we can provide these cadets yeah. uh, at all levels because you know WNL is more expensive than VMI and mm -hmm. if you're out of state that's more expensive than in state and then each school has its own laws um, in regards to that and what they're who they're admitting as in state versus out of state um, even if you join the National Guard you know through Virginia mm -hmm. VMI is not recognizing that as you being in state now even though you serve that state so it's, it's, you know, it's kind of a fight with who's offering the most money and, yeah. you know, the military has to be like, we are, we are <laughs> hey, money talks, you know, yeah, I mean, that's the main reason, you know, I went army is like, I was like, uh, how do I pay for college? So yeah, it's, it's an important factor. And that's why I think like the, I don't know if you follow like the VWO alum core group or page. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, they're tr uh, doing a scholarship and raising money for the scholarship. So like if anyone's listening and, you know, is interested in donating, definitely follow that page. Yeah, and please, uh, please donate. Yeah. I think that's a good cause. Cause I, I mean, even Mary Baldwin is more expensive than BMI mm -hmm. and public schools. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's yeah. just, it's all about that money, man. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. A college, you know, I took a finance and finance management course last semester and a college, it really functions like a business and, you know, education is a commodity and you need students to buy that commodity if you want to survive. So yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's always it's like you said that you're getting your degree in higher education. I just got my master's in higher education. Oh, my, my focus has been diversity in higher education. And so I was really trying to work on the aspect of 
kind of, or the lens of like, how can VMI diversify, you know, its campus and just yeah. in general, the military, how can we diversify ourselves? Uh, Cause we're still fighting that fight. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a big topic. My, I, the class that I'm might be late for, um, <laughs> we talk about, yeah, we've been researching a lot of like college access, especially for minorities, students that like um, are first generation students. So like their parents didn't go to college or based on their socioeconomic status, like where they might not be able to afford college. Like how do you, you know, recruit those students um, and like show them that, you know, it is possible and that there are venues to get that financial aid. Um, it's like, how do you build those bridges? <clears throat> so, yeah. And I think VMI is a great school, but yeah, there's a lot of systems like systematic issues that, you know, still need to be overcome, but like you can, there's only one way to overcome that. And that's to like have change from within that institution. And, and, and I do think that VMI has started, right? So mm -hmm. I, I always bring this up and a lot of people didn't hear about it, but the whole court case that went on with VMI in 2001 2021, sorry. Um, and VMI did a whole facelift, uh, pretty much. And so they're, you know, they're still in the very beginning stages of trying to implement their diversity plans and, you know, the recruitment plans and everything like that. But I honestly seeing it from where it was from 2010 yeah. <laughs> to where it is now, it, it has gotten better. Yeah. Uh, but it's just, and it, honestly, it is nice to see uh, kind of how many changes have been made and where these changes are. And I see it as an instructor and, you know, formally seeing this before. Mm -hmm. And I, I honestly think that it's going to hopefully keep getting better. Um, but I but I am seeing those small changes, especially as an instructor and within my cadets, too. Good. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's good. I, I honestly didn't know that. So it's, it's good to see like that commitment and to see that like they're actually following through with, with those plans. So I think that's awesome. Okay. Speaking of your son, uh, I'll just flew over here. <laughs> <laughs> we can transition, uh, switch gears to the topic of motherhood, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, so, um, what has becoming a mother kind of taught you about yourself? Patience. hundred percent patience. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, I, growing up and then even in college, I was a bit of a hothead and I, you know, I got better with that as time went on. Um, and you know, when I graduated and stuff, but I was still very much just kind of making decisions just like that and not really having patience for anybody, let alone myself. Um, but having my son definitely taught me patience, like hundred percent. Yeah. Kind of but forces it, you to slow down, right? It does force you to slow down, um, but kind of speed up because you don't mm -hmm. realize how fast. And everyone says that is like, you don't realize how fast they grow up. And, you know, as a new mom, I was like, yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> Uh, but it's, it's very real. Like my, my son is huge now and I feel like I just had him. Um, but it's literally been seven years ago. So <laughs> nice. What yeah. grade is he in? I, he's in first grade. Oh so, and, you know, 
moving from state to state because he was born in he's lived in five states he's seven um Ooh. and so each yeah <laughs> military brat yeah. <laughs> so and each state has different laws in terms of education yep. um so he went through this period where we were in hawaii and the age to go to kindergarten was five mm-hmm four at the time, but then he moved to Texas and he was able to go to kindergarten. But then when he moved back with me in Hawaii, he still didn't meet that age requirement. So he had had to go back to pre-K even though he had done kindergarten time. And so when we came here, he had to go back to kindergarten because he was in pre-K in Hawaii. So it's, it's been a transition with his grades. (laughs) Yeah. It's so tough because I taught middle school at Carson Middle School on Fort Carson. And yeah, like having all of those different rules for different states, um, I really like admire like that student population because they have to go through a lot, like a lot of changes. And it, and it, I mean, it's probably the most like the student body of like military children have like the most perseverance because they're constantly being put through change and like as a special education teacher like I write the individual um, education plans the IEPs for students that have them and each state is different how they write them too so yeah it's uh, kudos to to you know having to deal with those moves because it is challenging but also like I think military students tend to be like more uh have a better ability to persevere just because they are constantly going through so many challenges yeah and honestly i think that was one of the hardest challenges for him is being he was always around so many military kids and here he is not yeah (laughs) and so we you know we stick out like a sore thumb because Mm -hmm we're used to something else. And, you know, mm-hmm. he's from, he claims Hawaii. We lived there for five years. Yeah. So, you know, that's what he knows the most. And most of the kids here and their parents have grown up here. Yeah. Um, so they all know each other and everything like that. And so that's kind of, that was his biggest transition was trying to relate to the kids mm-hmm. here because we see things so differently yeah. um, because we're, we were always on the go. Yeah. I have one more question related to parenthood for you. Um, can you share a memorable, a memorable moment that either encapsulates the joy or even the chaos of like motherhood for you? Honestly, I, for, and a lot of my sister knows have met my son. Um, <laughs> But he's actually a really like chill kid. Like he's very opposite me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, most of the time, I think the best thing is because he's so relaxed. um, But he, you know, it's always just been me and him. And so he understands like my bad days and Mm -hmm. when I'm exhausted and I just want to like pass out on the couch. Um, And he kind of, he, kind of takes on that caretaker role and he'll like cover me with a blanket and just like check on me a little bit and he'll just like leave me be and he'll be quiet um but for the most part like he's so calm (laughs) I mean this is usually him playing with himself like kicking the soccer ball back and forth and we call it a day (laughs) but honestly I think those are my 
best moments. And those are kind of what I look forward to walking him to school. I used to envy moms who were, let me see it all. But I used to envy moms who would, you know, I would see them on post and they would be able to walk their kids to school. And I knew that I couldn't do that in a normal military setting. And so here, like we live five minutes down the road from his school. So I get to walk him to school like pretty much every day. And I think that's one of the things that I, I love the most about being here and stationed in Lexington. Yeah, that's awesome. That's cool that you get to to walk um, him to school every day. Like, yeah, it's like uh, I can imagine that those little things are kind of what add up the most in, in the long run. And it sounds like he's very sweet. So it sounds like you lucked out. <laughs> I did luck out. Yeah. <laughs> switch topics one more time um to i didn't know this about you but it, i recently discovered um that you're a, a taylor swift fan 100 swifty <laughs> i like yeah i didn't know um until i think i added you on instagram and then i saw your stories and i was like whoa i was like not just like a Taylor Swift fan, but definitely a Swifty. So like on a I, scale of zero to 10, how big of a Swifty are you? 10. And honestly, anyone who I work with at VMI will tell you 10. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I, you know, I, last year I worked with two people who one still works here. Uh, they were not the biggest Swift fans, um, but I would blast Taylor Swift all the time. And I would show them because Sikorsky and I were going to the Taylor Swift concert in Tampa. And I was just showing them, hey, this is what I'm going to wear. This is my outfit for that concert. Um, and even this year, like I've been surprising one of, he was my former NCO. I've been surprising him hiding Taylor Swift stickers all over his office because he is not a Swiftie. <laughs> That's hilarious. So you went to the Eras tour? Yeah, Sikorsky and I went. <laughs> what What were the um, surprise songs when you went? Honestly, I can't remember. Like, her and I were fangirling the whole time that it was, and we were so lucky. Like, we just, like, the traffic was good. We got through the gate, which originally they stopped us because they said my bag was too big, which it was a concert bag, the clear bag, but they let us in. But I was like, I was like, I will throw this bag away. <laughs> but there were like, we, there were no lines to get food or drinks. And mm. we just, we stood there and we screamed our lungs out the entire time. <laughs> yeah. I went uh, with some friends to the uh, show in Arizona. So the very first weekend, it was cool. Very cool. And Paramore opened for them. So I was just like, Woo, double whammy. It was, it was amazing. My throat was like, I think both of us probably lost our voice. <laughs> but it was, ugh, I loved it. I loved it so yeah. much. Yeah. But huge Swifty. And I think she and I, we just keep sending each other like Taylor Swift gifts. So she got me like a bag of Taylor Swift stickers, which is what I had around my NCO's office. So <laughs> yeah. honestly, you could get lost on Etsy with like all the amazing oh, like, yeah. Taylor Swift stuff. Like I wear a Taylor Swift sweater when I drop off my son. So everyone sees it. <laughs> I've got some Taylor <laughs> merch on right now. 
<laughs> it is the 13th, so. It is. Oh, my God. April is Mayan Sikorsky's month, just saying, because we went to her concert April 13th, and now she's supposed to drop the new album in April. Like, April is our month. Yeah. <laughs> Did you think she was going to, like, that was going to be the announcement? So, no and yes. And what's funny is Sikorsky and I were actually texting back and forth, and we watched the Grammys at the same time. <laughs> and we... Cause she texted me and she was like, Hey, you know, my cousin said that her site went blacked out and like it completely blacked out and you couldn't, you couldn't buy anything. You can do anything. And I was like, Oh, Oh, so maybe she's releasing something. Yeah. And so we knew she was going to make an announcement. We did think it was going to re be reputation. Yeah. Am I a little upset? Yes. But, but. I'm super excited that she's releasing a new album. And I texted my NCO and I was like, it was late at night. And I was like, guess what she just dropped. <laughs> and his, he was like, oh God, please stop. <laughs> and like, um, like the album itself, I'm like, wow, this is going to be an emotional roller coaster. I can already tell. I love her emotional roller yeah. coaster. I live for them. <laughs> yeah. I, I too was a little sad that it wasn't reputation because I honestly love reputation. Like your album, is that yeah. your go-to yeah. album? You know, like I love, I love all of her stuff, but, um, I did go to reputation, the reputation tour, um, and that album live, like just the way she performed that live, it just hits, it hits different live and it's, yeah, it's an amazing album. I think it, gets overshadowed but like there's so many songs that weren't singles that I think are just amazing on that album yeah. so. it does have a lot of amazing songs on it I would say so the first cd I ever bought with my own money was fearless mm -hmm. and I remember on my little cd player jamming to it taking my ace sats acts like I remember that but fearless was like <laughs> is my overall album but out of her last three evermore yeah. like i love it <laughs> yeah no i loved that transition for folklore and evermore like i oh. love that sound for her it, it's great and just like with the combination of her lyrics uh, so good that's why i'm very excited to hear this new one because i yeah. i'm Hoping it is kind of a mixture of Midnight's and Evermore slash Folklore. Like, I feel like it might be kind of that vibe. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Um, so I do have like a few closing questions. So the first question is, if you could go back in time and talk to your college self, like what advice would you give yourself? And then after that, do you have any shout outs or plugs that you want to make um, as we kind of like close out this episode? Um, honestly, if it, it was advice to my college self, I would just say, keep doing what you're doing. Like, I think I found my way in a good, a good way. Like I experienced a lot of bad during that time, but I think it only made me better, mature faster as I continued on. So I, I really, I would have done everything the same in college, like as wild and freaking crazy <laughs> as I was, um, I would have kept it because it kind of gave me a lot of experience 
um, especially, you know, the way I was in high school, transitioning to college, and then as an officer, I think it only made me grow faster and made me better. Um, and so I would just be like, do it, do it. If, you, if you're considering it, just do it. <laughs> yeah. um, but shout outs by it's just my sister Knowles. I love you guys. So, and they all knew I was coming on here, by the way. <laughs> we, we talked about it in book club. Oh, <laughs> that's so cool. I always get nervous when people tell me they listen. I'm like, actually, you actually like listen. Is it okay? Like, it's not boring. <laughs> No, so we we legit went on this kind of little rant and because, you know, in book club, we kind of gossip the first 30 minutes, maybe a little bit 40 minutes. Um, and then we get to the book. And then at the end, we just like give each other like, hey, you should listen to this or you should read this. And Sikorsky was like, oh, my God, you guys should totally listen to Barrett's podcast. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, she asked for me to interview. <laughs> And so we, we were talking about some of your episodes and all of us were super excited about Colonel Patrick's episode. Um, and so Sikorsky actually just finished it. So she's been probably going to hear this and be like, oh, shit. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you are definitely a topic on our book club. <laughs> wow. I'm touched. I'm honored. Um, but I will give you a shout out. Uh, Colonel Patrick and I talked about you off of the podcast and um, she was talking about there was a parade where you were um, administering the oath and some cadets and color guard fell out and a lot of people kind of just like froze and didn't know what to do and like you like she like gave you some so much like admiration and props because you kind of just like took charge and yeah, like, I just walked up in the middle of the parade <laughs> <laughs> and just was like earth like this this like started like I mean you were decisive you were a leader like that I mean you did what you were taught to do you know you know so yeah you got a shout out from Colonel Colonel Patrick so yeah. <laughs> oh that's special <laughs> yeah she had great things to say about you honestly I don't know what I would have done in that situation either but yeah I think that goes back to kind of like you always had like a natural leadership ability and you're very decisive. So kudos to you. It's, it's been great to kind of like hear how your journey's gone and, um, see you grow and develop as a leader. Um, and I'm sure like great things are still on the horizon for you as you like continue with your career, whatever you decide to do in the future. Um, and I'm really grateful that you came on. I know this seems like it might've been a little rushed, but I do have class, but honestly, we got through all the questions and this is the best time I've ever made. So maybe I'm, <laughs> maybe I'm just becoming a better host. I don't know, but, <laughs> but yeah, uh, thank you so much for, for joining me. Um, for having me. Yeah. So this has been fun. All right. Go to class. Okay. All right. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the All Girls School podcast. But before class is over, please take a moment to subscribe or leave a review on Apple or Spotify podcasts. If you enjoy video content, head over to our YouTube channel at All Girls School Podcast, where you can watch and listen to each episode. You can also follow us on Instagram at All Girls School Podcast, and you can email us questions, stories, and more at theallgirlschoolpodcast at gmail.com. That's it for today. Class is dismissed.